0: Everything we need is in this room. Everything we need is in this room. And understand this more than anything else. Okay? Understand this more than anything else. We can do what we want, we can do what we want. It's up to us. Nobody dictates to us. Okay? Nobody does. We decide. <laughs> Welcome to the DC Tweet team podcast. I'm Jonathan Osmond and I'm joined by Maurice Hawkins, who's back from Las Vegas or should I say Las Vegas since the Washington football team defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 17 to 15 the second week in a row that Washington has had a score of 17 to 15 I mean that's kind of a random score. Yet they found a way to achieve it. They got themselves another win, have moved to five hundred, second in the NFC East, and more importantly, momentum as they're about ready to take on the NFC East gauntlet that is before us. So, Maurice, how have you been? How did? Tell me everything about Vegas for everybody that didn't get a chance to go. It seemed like all the videos were were awesome and encouraging. What what happened from our update from uh, Friday?
1: Oh uh, well, just first of all, just a a massive burgundy and gold invasion into uh, Sin City over the past weekend. Um, definitely, I would have to say that this Vegas trip, next to you know our three Super Bowl wins and you know the uh, the twenty twelve season. I'm just trying to think about great my great fan moments of the Washington football team. Redskins fan, um, this this is going to rank up there, uh, one, because we got the win. So I'll, re- I'll reverse engineer and go backwards. Uh, first, we got the win. Uh, second, just the overwhelming fan presence out there. Just kudos to all the fans who traveled um, all over the country uh, to be at this game. Um, also, a huge shout-out to uh, rally captain, a.k.a. Stephen Boyd, for leading the charge at the uh, the fan rally Saturday night at Tom's Urban Watch Bar at New York, New York Hotel and Casino. Um, just amazing turnout. I mean, just to see hundreds of Washington football team fans in the streets of Las Vegas taking over. A, a, a venue in Las Vegas was extraordinary. A lot of Raiders fans were surprised at how many people came out from Washington nation. So that was just, a, just an amazing time. Um, had a lot of conversations from uh, Washington football team fans who are, are native American uh, who live in uh, New Mexico, um, talked about their experiences, real in-depth conversation with them. Uh Um, Friday night, of course, you know, huge shout out to the Washington football talk podcast crew with uh, with JP, uh, Mitch uh, Tischler, and Pete Haley uh, had a huge, huge, huge turnout at Mandalay Bay. Eye candy Friday night. You know, once again, Washington fans showing up and showing out and just the energy of Washington fans at the game. uh, It was I tell you what, um, the Raiders fans were a bit shocked because. Immediately after defeating them, you heard chants of "We want Dallas, we want Dallas, all oh, DC," <laughs> and um, the, just just radiating throughout Allegiant Stadium. And and the last thing too, a huge shout out to the. the Las Vegas Raiders fans, Um, they get a bum rap as being like really hostile fans, very friendly, very amenable, good sportsmanship. You know, they came up to us and said, good job for winning the game. Such a far cry from the debauchery and evil of Eagles fans. So, I mean, that's pretty much my (laughs) recap. Um, If you have not gone to Las Vegas uh, to Allegiant Stadium, if you're an NFL fan and you had the means to go, go even if the Washington is not playing, just go to Allegiant stadium. It is an amazing fan experience. They do an outstanding job. Um, Just, just an enjoyable experience. And Washington is going to have his work cut out to create a new fan experience because uh, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, are setting a new standard.
0: That's, you know, I, I heard that the stadium is impressive but I think what's most impressive, like it's not the most impressive new stadium. Probably SoFi would probably still rank up there just because of SoFi had some public and private money where this was all public money. So I mean, like, there has to be some give and take there in a sense. Um, but it sounds like from you, like it was just all all tens all the way around. Plus, you're in the glitz and glam of Vegas, right? Like you're it's right on the strip. So um, you know, I don't know how you could go wrong there. It's seeming seemingly at all.
1: No, you, can, you you can't go wrong with it. I mean, it's. I mean, just. I mean, for example, like it was such a convenient fan experience. It wasn't even funny because I stayed at the Luxor Hotel, which is literally like a literally a half mile away from the stadium. So like we walked out. They have like this what he called the Allegiant Stadium Walk, and you walk over a bridge, and the the stadium's on the left hand side, you know. And this is coming from a person that has, you know, taken the metro to FedEx Field. Oh yeah, the one mile taken walk. That long walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for the metro. So for the Metro Stadium to um, FedEx Field, and that walk was a fraction of that walk. I mean, it was it was it was not labor intensive, whatever. I mean, it's really. Um, accessible fan accessible. It was just, um, I mean, it's just, and it's the right size. It's not a massive stadium, you know, um, it's probably size wise. It's probably more comparable to, um, uh, the, uh, bank of America stadium as far as the size, the size yeah, inside, well, but I mean, it is, 000, it is um, right. covered. Yeah. So one, the one thing that I noticed is that it's a more intimate fan experience at um, At Allegiant Stadium than I think we get at FedEx Field because FedEx is just so huge. Mm-hmm. So I think what the NFL is moving towards is creating as intimate of a fan experience as possible um, with a football game because you still want to have, you know, a large population of people there. But I don't. I think the NFL has recognized they don't need to have, you know, 100,000 st- stadiums. I mean, you could have a... a 60, 65, 70,000 seat stadium and still have an impressive home field advantage, but create an intimate experience. And, uh, and I think with the, um, the, uh, the technology in that stadium is second to none. So, I mean, one of the things I noticed, like, so when there's a flag on the, on the, on the field, like they have like this ring of lights in the, in the interior of the stadium and it, and it, and it just, and it, um, uh, flashes bright yellow flag and oh, that, really that cool. light stays on the field until the, the um the penalty is resolved you know and it just totally changes the mood of the stadium because everyone knows it's a flag on the play so it's not like you're looking for the flag on the field like it's this flag mm-hmm. you know and it's and it's bright yellow and then the different parts of the day of the game they they dim the lights to do videos um they have a live orchestra in there Hmm. They have live entertainment in there. Um, One of the things that got me was when the, um, before the beginning of the game, you know, the nickname of Allegiant Stadium is the Death Star. So when the Raiders leave the field for the final time before they come back in, the orchestra plays the Imperial March from Star Wars, Darth Vader's theme, you know, and then at the conclusion of them playing the song, this big graphic says, welcome to the Death Star. And, you know, me being a, a Star Wars nerd, I just kind of lost my mind. Like, oh, my God, this is amazing. The Death Star, I love it.
0: So, you know, just, you know, immediate reactions from an elite stadium. <laughs> I, I mean, it looks like a giant Roomba to me. Yeah. Um, and and I guess like at the game, wasn't Rev, Rev Run from Run DMC? wasn't he performing uh what did he perform at halftime or something i saw
1: he performed at halftime i i, I shot some video on my instagram uh from his performance if you you know want to see that i can put the link out on twitter um uh, but it was uh it was impressive i mean you know he did a i mean i mean th- they do everything right that's all i got to say they do everything right out there
0: so so you felt like value for money Cause I guess I'm going to get to that a little bit later as far as value for money, but value for money. You felt like you got your, your, your dollars worth like you had a good time. Obviously they won. So it always makes everything feel better. Right. Like, right. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I mean, here's the thing about it. It's like for me being an NFL fan, you know, just a huge fan of football, not just watching the game, but being around football fans and the camaraderie that comes with that. And then you juxtapose that with Las Vegas and everything Las Vegas has to offer as far as entertainment goes for a weekend. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't beat it. Like, I mean, me personally is like, I mean, if, like I said before, like, you know, if your team is playing the Raiders, that season that and you only have one road trip to go on that's the road trip you go on it's yeah. the biggest trip
0: <laughs> well i think I, I think that's what it's going to be would be my guess is that obviously you know the raiders i i would guess oakland raiders like your your fan base in oakland and your fan base in las vegas is probably completely different yeah. um but your because i i would imagine it's you know, it's probably not close enough where everybody's going to be driving every to every game. Mm-hmm. But the um, the idea for a lot of folks is going to be that they can, you know, it, it's close enough or, or it's it's a weekend. You go do like what you did. You go do the whole weekend. You go, you know, you you do the rally at the rally events. You go and go see a show. Like I saw like uh it was a, a concert that was happening there. There mm-hmm. was uh, hockey that was happening that weekend of course you you were there you know, i guess pack 10 uh, yeah, championship. championship yeah uh, i yeah. mean like you could have yourself quite the sports weekend or you could go go to the that one um uh resort that had the giant pool and go sit in the yeah. giant pool and watch all the games uh which right. would probably be my thing so yeah. that's really cool well I'm, I'm glad you had a good time I think next time I'm, I'm definitely going to go out. Um, you you know, I think at first I, I was kind of, you know, you think like, well, I don't know if I want to go out there and just see like the team lose. Right. Like what a bad experience, but that was a January, or that was kind of like a September mindset. And now we're in, you know, now we're coming off four game winning streak. So Clearly, that wasn't the right way to think about things. Uh, you know, I, I will admit, yeah, that was a little short-sighted. I didn't, uh, didn't have faith. So let's talk about the game. Look, uh, Washington, like I said, defeats the Raiders 17 second Second week in a row that they've only held the opponent to to 15 points. Washington's down 6-6. Six and six, Two games behind the Cowboys in the NFC East. Uh, Heineke was good enough. 23 for 30, 196 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, which was kind of one of those passes, I think. He, he, he probably, well, I mean, look, he the the pass was tipped, but he probably shouldn't have thrown it. Like, there's two things that happened there, and, and probably maybe if he had a little bit more arm strength or had been a little bit earlier, maybe this doesn't get intercepted. But to his credit, had the interception, right? And I remember yeah. him sitting there, we were watching it at the bar, and I tweet, it's time for Taylor Heineke to do Taylor Heineke S. Like, just, this is what we this is what I like about this guy. It's like, okay, things didn't go my way. We have a little bit of time on the clock. You know, it definitely the, the defense stood tall. And um, and now the game was, you know, it was a, a two point game, you know, time to go. So uh you know, he also ran for 10 yards, which was pretty good. Um, what did you think about Taylor Heineke? Seeing him up close from your seats, seeing him in person, seeing him be lewd, uh, a, a pretty good pass rush that, uh, especially for Max Crosby, uh, was one of the best uh, D DNs in the uh, NFL right now. I, I think the thing about Taylor Heineke
1: is, and I'll preface it from this standpoint, because mm-hmm. I went to the Tampa Bay game, which was the first win on his current win streak, and then I, at home, and then now I've seen him in the fourth game of this four-game winning streak on the road with uh, oh. the Raiders. And I think that with with Taylor, you know, I think that he is such a competitor, you know, mm-hmm. and he was playing within the confines of the game plan, right? You know, I mean, one thing I will say about Coach Rivera and, and Coach Turner is that they have a pulse of the game. So they kept it conservative. And I think that the game plan was they were going to stay conservative until the Raiders gave them a reason not to be conservative. And and I think uh, towards the end of that game, towards the end of the game, when uh, Heineke threw the interception, you know, I think he was pressing a little bit. I think he wanted to make a play. I think he wanted to do the kill shot you know, and just, and just put uh, the Raiders out of their misery. Um, And he just was a little bit more aggressive than he needed to be on that play. And, you know, like you said before, uh, honey, he's got to recognize, recognize his limitations and trying to throw, you know, a deep ball to Terry McLaurin in triple coverage wasn't a good play. Um, you know, that's, you know, he, does, he doesn't have elite arms, arm talent. We know that. So, and that just have to be, um, for him, as a signal caller, understanding his limitations. Um, you can be a, a good quarterback in the NFL and not have a cannon for an arm, but you can't make mistakes. Um, luckily for him, that he, you know, he's uh, in the offense. They stepped up, you know, put us in a position for the game-winning field goal, and that's all we're going to remember but i think that if he wants to remain a starting quarterback in the nfl he's got to clean those types of mistakes up especially late in the game when you're um you're leading and there's no reason to 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 throw an interception like that
0: yeah i mean i think i i i think that was my thought as well was when i saw that pass it to mclaurin like like you don't need to make that pass right now like this was two down i think it was like a, a third down But like it was two down third and four. Yeah, it was two down territory. Like it it, it was late in the game. You could have clearly got it, you know, within a yard or two and then tried again. You could have scrambled like it seemed like he was pressing in that moment. But, you know, look, he he took a shot. He also had the confidence defense was going to was going to back him up. And, you know, I guess you can be a little bit more aggressive if you have the defense like we like they've been playing even without Landon Collins, even without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. That they were going to be able to hold their own, and they did for the most part. Deshaun Jackson was was almost being invisible. He had fourteen yeah. yards one one catch for fourteen yards. That's it. No touchdowns. So for a guy that says that he wants to make them pay, uh, they, they didn't pay very much. No, I think they paid pennies. Um, I, I think I think we paid him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, thank you. Uh, we may still be paying though uh, a few players. I mean, I, I don't want to get into. I think you know we we. We may be paying uh, Showtime, uh, you know, still. But um, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, Antonio Gibson reached the 800 yards rushing mark on the season, and I didn't. It, you know, it came out today. He's leading the NFC as the leading rusher right now. Like what? I, I guess I don't take in because you you know he splits carries with, um, with McKissick, right? And so you you, you don't realize like what. A rusher he is, and this is only the third running back in football team slash Redskins history uh, behind, behind Mike Thomas and Alfred Morris to reach 2,000 scrimmage yards in his first 25-year games. Um, he had himself a day, though. Caught a touchdown, ran for 88 yards, uh, including a 22-yard rush, and I think there was another one that uh, got called back on a Brandon Sheriff hold. But um, what do you think about Antonio Gibson on the day? I mean, it, it, we, we didn't have McKissick. And so you, you didn't know, like, what, what you were going to get out of him and, and who was going to fill the void. And I think it looks like he filled it himself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean he definitely he definitely absorbed a lot of touches that um, McKissick would have gotten had he been in the game. So I mean he's uh, we're seeing the evolution of Gibson. I mean where I think we kind of saw him when he was drafted as kind of like this going to be this flex player, you know, he he kind of gadgety, you know, in the um, in the same vein as a Christian McCaffrey, you know, where they just put him in different looks and different sets. But I mean he's just you know, but what he has become is a traditional you know, Bill, Bill Cow running back, you know, and, yeah. and during this, um, and during this uh, four game winning streak, I mean, he has punished opposing team defenses along with that offensive line and now emerging as a top NFL back, you know, I don't the think top. anybody's
0: <laughs> in the NFC. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely
1: in NFC. Right. I don't think people thought, thought that, I mean, you know, no. as far as his career to this point, but the fact that he's year two, and this is the guy that played primarily wide receiver in college. Yeah. Right. In Memphis.
0: Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought he was going to be kind of like it, just a wide receiver that is also a running back, like, right. Like primarily catching out of the backfield. And I did not see him emerge to be this guy, even last year. Like mm-hmm. he had those games, especially against Dallas. It like mm-hmm. getting ready to come up on. Where, you know, you saw the speed, Um, but I guess for me, I just, it didn't quite click that this is Alfred Morris that can catch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably uh, the best way to think about it
1: yeah that, that's that is probably the best you know description of him and and i'll tell you what was interesting is that you know that first drive in the first quarter and uh, opening possession you know the yeah. raiders thought they were being slick like yeah we'll give them the ball first mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get it in the second half and yeah, you know, they, never the they never score never
0: yeah. score on opening drive
1: yeah and we marched the ball down the field and we punched them in the mouth yeah. and You could tell from the Raiders fans themselves. They were like, whoa, didn't we we beat Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving? We're the Raiders, you know, you know, you know, commitment to excellence, you know, all this pomp and circumstance with the Raiders. Like, so they had nobody had any expectations of it. Like, oh, this is Washington. Even though we've been on a three-game winning streak, you know, they were real, real cocky about their chances. And when we punched them in the mouth, you could feel the energy from that fan base leave and they never got it back and Washington in a really methodical, you know, Ron Rivera, uh, our, our new word in the Washington football team, lexicon, Gibbsian manner, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. you know, took the, took the heart of the Raiders fans and that team. And I think our physicality as a team kind of surprised, um, took, uh, took, uh, the Raiders aback, and they didn't really recover from that. And we made them one dimensional offensively. Um, again, we're seeing Rivera ball emerge in Washington right now. That's what we need to call it is Rivera ball, which is to play hard nosed defense, run the ball, time of possession, you know, dominate them physically. And now you're seeing like through Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke, um, you know, so many um, offensive line, the defense, so, so many players in the team adopt that Rivera mindset, which is to to physically dominate your opposing team. You know, mm-hmm. and and we get glimpses of that, you know, in the post game speeches and things of that nature. But that's what they're doing. It's like they want to be the most physical team on the football field, and that's what
0: they're doing. And that's why we're on a four game winning streak. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, speaking of just the the Raiders themselves. I mean, look, they were two for eight on third downs, um, miserable, but last week th- against the Cowboys, they weren't much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just seems like that that's a team that's not designed. I mean, atrocious red zone defense, uh, one of the worst in the NFL, but, um, I think for that team, you know, they have always had the ability to score and granted they didn't have their, their star tight end that's a big deal um, take away a weapon and then who knows like really w- what everybody's working with. But I think for, for Washington, I mean, their that defense really held up. I, I watched, um, you know, the game on Thanksgiving because, you know, obviously they're coming up, but also, I mean, when, look, when you're getting up to the point where like you're getting like well over 20 points and they just seem like each team was scoring at will, you're going like, oh man, this team can really put it on. Like, do we have the firepower to go up against these? Oh, yeah, yeah. It turns out we do. Yeah. <laughs> turns yeah. out we very much do. Um, and and yeah, I think this is the way we're gonna win games. We're not gonna go out there and now I would love to go out there and score 30, 40 points every game. I think that would be amazing. And we probably get a lot of run on ESPN and and good morning football, but this style of just demoralizing football it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool to see. So you, nobody does it anymore. Um, and, and it, but it, it, fits for how this team's built. You know, you allow Taylor to not make mistakes and not have to take chances because the, you know, the team's built around him to allow him to kind of give him that uh, a little bit of like the on the job preparedness. Like, uh, you know, he's learning the game, slowing down for him and he doesn't have to go out there and be heroic. You know, it's not like every play has to be diving for the pylon. You know, yeah. No, I think, go ahead. The, I, I think the thing that I take away
1: from yesterday's game, as we move forward into this hashtag NFC East gauntlet, I'll uh, be using that on all my tweets mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, we, you know, with the with the Cowboys being up, is that Washington is focused on the bottom line, right? Which is winning football games. And it's not about, you know, like you're saying, having like the flashy play or being on angry runs or good morning football NFL network, or it's like, what do we need to do to win? Right. That, and, and I think that pragmatism from coach Rivera and how it trickles down through the coaching staff and, you know, the players, you know, and, and into, into, into the fan base. I mean, you know, it's a workmanlike attitude. It's about you know, domination, intimidation, you know, physicality, you know, what football is all about. And we talked about it last week. You know, that's what Coach Rivera is. That's what he's pushing with this team. Um, and I think the crazy thing is right now, the, the Washington football team is the hottest team in the NFC and one of the hottest teams in, um, um, in the NFL. I probably, with the exception of maybe the Patriots, have been Patriots. on a longer winning streak. Yeah. You know, we're. One of the hottest teams in the NFL, and we've totally transformed our season, right? So the fact, like, if if we would have said at the beginning of the season, especially when we went on a four-game losing streak, that going into this NFC East gauntlet hashtag NFC East gauntlet hmm. that we would be six and six, second place in the division, control of our own destiny, uh, currently the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture, and Understanding that if we win outright, we win the division. It just says that simple. Like we control our own destiny, to whereas we can still win the NFC East. And I think this one game at a time attitude uh, under the leadership of Coach Rivera. I mean, oh, by the way, we're only one game away from matching our total win total of last season, which was mm-hmm. seven wins with five games left to play. So I mean, I think it's, you know, unless something um, seriously terrible happens, um, I think we're going to, we're going to surpass our win total of 2020 uh, this year. Oh,
0: hopefully. I'd love to get 10 wins. Yeah. I'd love to get 11. Let's, let's run, let's run it all the way back. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know, I just mentioning after the game, I think this was a, 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 a reckoning, not a reckoning, a, how, how should I say this? Cause I didn't write it in my notes. So it's like, I'm trying to think of my analogy as i as I'm coming along, but you know, I, I think this was kind of like Jack Del Rio's come good game, right? Yeah. Because you're losing, you've lost all your stars. This was one of your former teams. You know, that this, that they're not going to take it easy on you. Um, you know, he got ran out of there because they wanted to go get John Gruden. And um, <laughs> he he picked a great game. I mean, as far as uh called a great game, as far as a, a defensive coordinator goes. And at, you know, at the end in the locker room, you know, they've had this, um, uh, this mindset, you know, of David and Goliath and, and they always have like, they give it, you know, along with a game ball, mm-hmm. someone gets to throw the stone, you mm-hmm. know, they get to knock down David and he, uh, coach Rivera looked for Jack Del Rio and Jack Del Rio threw the stone. Mm-hmm. you know and you could just you see everyone you know the the elation just I think it all speaks to the mindset is like it's it's us against the world which can be very very powerful and mm-hmm. very very motivating um for especially for a team where you know they were left for dead um at you know once Fitzpatrick went down I think most people had kind of written him off and you didn't really even give them a lot of credit before all that happened. So now you come back full circle, you go beat four grueling opponents who were all in their own right, you know, at the top of their field. When we took them down, we haven't caught any of these guys by surprise, you know, (laughs) or, or, or on their worst day. Like we even caught the Cowboys, you know, having COVID or, or some nonsense. We have caught every single one of these teams playing their best football that they were able to put together and just beat them to death. So um, helped it a lot. We had Logan Thomas on the field. He was three for five for 48 yards, had a touchdown where he looked like he mossed him. Like if he had had a receiver around him, he was wide open, but it looked like he mossed himself because that was a beautiful (laughs) one-handed catch. Um, Unfortunately, he did leave the game with what was feared at the time to be an ACL and MCL tear. Thanks to a kind of a cheap shot by Unique Ngakwe. Um and uh thankfully though, it as of today, uh during Rounder Rivera's presser, he said that it does not appear that there was a tear at all. Um, there is some damage, but there is a chance that he may be able to come back if the team is in the playoffs, or at least for next season or or OTAs, he should be back healthy, which I think is is the best aside from the win, probably the best news of the day.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's really a shame that, you know, he had that dirty hit on him. Um, Cause you know, you, you see how much more dynamic the offense is when he's in the game. It's incredible. I mean, he adds and John a, Bates were fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, he just adds a, a a dimension, you know, to the, um, this team that really makes us way more dangerous. Um I mean, I think we've been playing well, but, you know, having him on the field, you know, it's just, you know, he's just a great weapon to have. So, you know, just wishing him a speedy recovery and, um, you know, but, you know, and he, and he and the thing about it, he didn't play a lot this season because of injuries. Right. But every time he was on the field, he made an impact. And that's what you <laughs> want from a player.
0: Yeah. I was actually talking with uh, Dale Jr. earlier today. Mm-hmm. And my idea was and he, his, too, was let's go get Greg Olson. Like let's call Greg Olson, get him out of the booth. Like he still looks good. He saw him. All, he was on the call yesterday for great. Fox. Um, go get him out the booth. I'm sure he could, he could, he's a great blocker. He was, he's big. I don't know if you've ever seen him in person. I ran into him at Del Frisco's one night and mm-hmm. I'm looking like, who is this dude? Cause he's like imposing in his size. Like I'm six foot tall. So for mm-hmm. somebody for me to go like, Oh my God, who is this guy? Um, you know, he's kind of one of those things. So, um, i i I, it it was his idea i love the idea i I was Mm -hmm. kidding around i was like why don't we go get chris cooley (laughs) but then um (laughs) but i i wish you know i'm glad that it looks like logan it's gonna be okay but i would love an extra threat i would love an extra blocker i would love a guy that can be your little x factor and so i don't know maybe if i see uh greg olson out out and about or if anybody uh you know maybe i'll send a note over to uh uh, Miss Rivera and say, like, hey, do you have Greg's number? We can give him a call uh, and right. see if we can make that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they had made the call Um, because it just seems too perfect to go mm-hmm. get a guy. Because he wanted to, like, he didn't come here last season because he wanted to be with a contender, and so he right. went right. to Seattle. And now his team is a contender. You're not just right. getting your body beat up for nothing. Uh, I doubt he needs the money, and uh, he probably loves the time the, you know, the extra time he has here with his family because he's young, mm-hmm. young kids. But, you know, man, we could use a like an X factor tied in while we're waiting for Logan to come back. So, yeah. anyway, me and uh, me and Dale, we're on the same page here. Um, let's talk injuries. Uh, I said uh, Logan Thomas looks like he will will be OK just out, though, for a while, possibly the end of the season, but not long term. John Allen, it was revealed, had a groin injury, played through it though. So mm-hmm. hopefully he will be able to be full go on, um, on Sunday, uh, Montez sweat is expected to be back. Um, they're going to bring him back. I think Wednesday will be the determination <laughs> if he's going to be able to, um, you know, if, if he'll be able to come off and that'll activate his 21 day window when they have to bring him, uh, off the injured reserve, um, be interesting to see because I mean, if you have your jaw wired shut, you usually can't eat solid foods, yeah. So, I mean, is he going to be like just like down 20 pounds, 20, 30 pounds, or or like, or was it not bad enough that that uh, you know, he's able to, or was he like maybe making like a steak slurry for himself? <laughs> like, you know, give me <laughs> Wendy's and put it in me. a blender. <laughs> I don't know, like, what I gotta get that protein, right? Only right. those gains on the plate. Um, and then we had Landon Collins, who I think will be back this week. Also, they expect that like Wednesdays is going to be the day where where they're all back on the field practicing. And then I think the, the expectation is, barring any major setback, Landon should be out there. All right. So that'd be good. Um, did you see this thing about this Raiders coin?
1: No, no, I didn't.
0: Okay, so if you followed the Washington Football Team twitter facebook and insta after the game Mm -hmm. you saw they put up a meme they always do a meme after the game where they kind of troll the other team when they win Mm -hmm. and they're fantastic Uh, the new social group they're they've got it um but they had this thing where it was like spongebob and he was looking at this piece of paper and it and Mm -hmm. and he threw the piece of paper into the fire and it blew up and i i didn't understand it at all and so today i went on reddit and i started looking around so the the reddit washington football group has been losing their mind because of a guy named brunel the goat who i guess Mm -hmm. at the start of the wing streak said like if we don't win i'm deleting my account and Mm -hmm. they are and of course he hasn't they haven't deleted the account because the team hasn't lost so they're losing their mind over this user Mm -hmm. but on the on the raider side at the start of the season there was a guy by the name of pong is lame. And he predict, Mm -hmm. and he went through the whole season, flipping a coin heads for wins, tails for losses. And he wrote it down and uh, just why not? I don't know what you're doing out there that, that you would think this is a fun thing to do, but I guess why not? And so he goes through the whole schedule this way. And he Mm -hmm. predicted that the Raiders would have uh, a 10 and seven record and, the estimation at 10 and seven with that division would be that they would be a wild card into the playoff. And what Mm -hmm. was interesting though, is that every game that, that he had flipped for um, way back when he started this thing back in uh, August or September, every prediction had come right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, last week, I mean, he didn't guess scores. It was just wins and losses. That's all. And so last right. week he predicted that the Dallas Cowboys were going to, we're going to lose. And it came very close to, to, to not working out there. Um, right. but I mean, it, it was all the way through. It's wild. It was a up to last week. It was a one in 2048 chance that he would have gotten everything right. Thus far. Mm-hmm. week 13 comes along and that's what we play. And he right. predicted that the Washington football team was going to lose to the the Raiders. And what's what's interesting is that week 13 last year is when we played the uh, the Steelers. And the Steelers, remember, they were unbeaten, and it was like, oh, you can't beat us, whatever. And they had all those issues with COVID, and all that nonsense was going on. We had to play the game on Monday, but it was technically Mm -hmm. not a Monday night game. Beat them, too. So week 13... I mean, it seems to be like the week that Washington just goes and upsets everybody. So needless to say, if you saw after the game, there were a lot of Raiders fans that were like doing this whole coin thing and they were all talking about the coin. That's what it was. They believed wholeheartedly because it had been true all the way to the prior 12 weeks that this prediction was going to happen. They were going to go 10 to seven. They were going to get the playoffs like this magic. This guy was was, must be some sort of sorcerer. Well, it turns (laughs) out Gandalf he's wrong (laughs) wrong 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 so i you know so anyway that's the whole coin thing um so we'll see what happens maybe maybe the coin picks up from here maybe maybe we just uh uh we get it right from they get it right from there but i I think they seem like that they're kind of beat up and maybe done and um the uh chiefs seem like they're they're really coming on in that division you got any other weird superstitions you always you see like that out there like do you have any like weird thing that you do like before the game?
1: I well, I don't. Um, I I would I would always try not to wear the same outfit two weeks in a row when I watch a football game. Like I would, whatever I wore last week when I watched the game, I'm not going to wear it this week. You know, just even if they change won, up. huh? Even if they won, even 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 if they win, I just like, I just I just change it up. You know, and uh, I mean, I was really religious about it when you know we were the Redskins, because you know, again, I had so much Redskins yeah, gear over the years. <laughs> so, I mean, I could just like, I am mean, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going all gold this week. I'm going all black this week. I'm going all burgundy this week. You know, so I'm just doing all salute to service this week. So I had
0: so much, but th- that was part of my own super only superstition. So I'll tell you what mine. It, it, it I am a very superstitious person just by nature. Even in my business, I'm kind of superstitious. Like if if, if a sign isn't working, like I'll throw the sign away. Like right. it's just one of those things. It's just, it's kind of weird. Um, before the game to the uh, against the Bucks, I had decided, you know, I was like, it would cut off the bye week. I was like, this is our last chance to kind of get it together. And plus it's the Bucks. Like we weren't predicted to win. So I have somebody, I think uh, my girlfriend gave me these uh, Nike Air whatevers, and they're the the old Redskins shoes. Um, she got it for me a couple seasons ago, but they're extremely uncomfortable because I wear a wide and they're not. Mm-hmm. So even though they're the right length, man, if anybody out there with flipper feet like me, it is really uncomfortable to wear them for very long. But uh, I was like, you know what? We're going all in. I'm going to throw everything I have at, uh, you know, I'm going to go full garb, everything I've got. So John Riggins jersey on um, uh, a hoodie, which I don't even remember if it was even cold enough then. Hoodie, hoodie, scarf. Someone gave me one of those uh, uh, turnover chain things with a big W on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just gotten the, the, uh, um crucial catch hat so i've got a flat build crucial catch hat look like a 20 year old and um right with all my gray and everything coming out of it so it's funny is that um and 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 i i i'm always kind of like weird because i remember like what i eat and so like i had like wings before the game and i'm like i had really had wings in a long time um just because like you know when you do this like 18 weeks in a row you eat like bar food, 18 Sundays. It's like you never want to eat bar food again. So right. I was like, all right, you know, I had my whole thing set up, right? And so not that I was like, this is going to be, this is going to start anything, but I just remembered that. So anyway, we go on, we beat the bucks, right? So I'm like, well, all right, I guess next week I got to do the exact same thing again. So literally I go home, the jeans get folded up, placed to the side, the jersey goes back on the hanger. Everything is exactly put away and never to be touched again. The next Sunday, everything comes back out. Nothing's been washed. So I apologize to anybody that's been around me lately. I do kind of explain (coughs) this is for a reason. I don't know that if washing, it will ruin any of the magic or whatever of the outfit. So for the last four games I have done, my day has been exactly the same. And I was telling this on the girl talk, uh, the, the girl chat sports, and they kind of, you know, thought like, oh, you know, this guy's a weirdo. I'm like, I'm not a weirdo. It's only weird if it doesn't work. And I saw um, uh, uh, Charles Leno's wife online was saying <laughs> on Twitter, she was saying like her, her uh, Jen. She was saying that her nails, she needs to go get her nails did and th- they're getting too long. But she also hasn't had them done since the team started winning. And I'm like, girl, you got to keep it up. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, to yeah, change those nails. Yeah, I don't care if you've got talents. Like, we all have to sacrifice here. And your kids, you know, they have young kids. You may have to get some gloves or something. Yeah. But, uh, so,
1: yeah. I, so I think, I, I guess the message to all of Washington football team nation across planet Earth, whatever superstitions you have, don't stop doing them right now. No. So don't if change it's anything. Rubbing two nickels behind your left ear five minutes before the game, do that. If it's you know, long talon nails, uh Charles Leno's wife, don't don't get your nails cut. And
0: Jonathan, uh get some Febreze Yeah. And <laughs> right Febreze
1: yeah. your outfit. Get <laughs> you know some what I'm some
0: dark war or whatever. Like yeah. So yeah. old spice. What is that? Yeah.
1: Uh, it was, was it act body spray, whatever
0: no. you gotta do. Oh, <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> I smell like what a, was that yeah. cheap
1: body spray from the nineteen eighties <laughs> that, that teenage boys used to spray in themselves, hoping they I, would get get girls? I in don't high know. School.
0: I, I was <laughs> I remember uh, like getting Stetson cologne from the CVS when I was like I think <laughs> in middle school, and my God, and so like my mom had this um, like she had these really heightened uh, sense of smell and taste um, from the medicine she would take. So mm-hmm. she taught me like, how to not be that guy? You know, that guy, right. That's like yeah. bathes themselves in cologne. So I'm never right. that person, but I'm also kind of heightened to like, I don't want to be the guy that smells bad. So, but yeah, I think if we keep can we go on this run? Like I may have to stand outside by myself and watch these games at some point, because this is going to be too gross. Um, Let's talk about real quick before we move on around the NFC, because it is Dallas week now like it is officially Dallas week well I mean uh, tonight ends the last game the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots are playing as we're recording it's Monday night 10 17 oh I don't know why there's music playing in the background thanks ESPN um but you have um and there uh, it scores like 7 to 11 right now and and it is like just garbage conditions uh, in uh, Buffalo, New York, I don't know why you go like, hey, let's do a Buffalo, New York game outside in, in December on Monday Night Football, except you knew you were going to get exactly what you're getting, which is just horrendous conditions. But I saw like everybody is, I mean, Jason Wright was tweeting, hey, you got to get there on Sunday for Washington and, and Dallas, like, I I haven't seen the team go full in, we want Dallas, like old school, like we were doing. Um, but I mean, Coach Rivera is saying, hey, you gotta get there. And I saw today, everybody was like, I mean, look, they're all fired up, right? Like <laughs> we want to go see the team, and the tickets are outrageous. Right. Outrageous. And of course, you had the ticket master fee on top of it, the convenience charge that's almost as much as the tickets themselves. Um, so like uh a uh, uh you know, if you're going as a couple. You're gonna you almost will drop like eight, nine hundred bucks to go to the game on Sunday. Do you think that is this a, is this a Dallas tax, do you think, or is this a situation where that's just what we should expect from going from from I mean, cause you spent I mean, not cheap money to go to Las Vegas in a nice stadium that probably didn't serve you old beer and used airline peanuts. So, (laughs) (laughs) which is all true, by the way. And I just, I don't want to get sued by somebody um, because that really did happen. Did, um, I mean, would you pay 800 bucks to go to a game at FedEx field in December? Even if it is, I mean, I would love to go to the Dallas game. I don't know if I'm going to pay 800 bucks.
1: No, I'm not paying 800 bucks. No, I can sit at (laughs) home i think that's
0: the i think that's the challenge right like yeah if if you can go ahead
1: i I mean my thing is i'm very i'm very tactical about what games i go to you know uh typically a lot of the games that i go to are not nfc east games because those games typically are less expensive than going to an nfc east game so i think i think what we're seeing is a combination of it's dallas week um, but also taking advantage of the win streak, you know, and try to, you know, make some money, yeah. you know, but but but, you know, NFL tickets are like the stock market. Man. Those prices go up and go down, you know, <laughs> daily. So if, if it's like Thursday and Friday and they're not getting those ticket sales, the way they think they should, those prices will come down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I wish that that stadium was completely full. Like I right. want I want big energy there. But I, I kind of fear, and granted, look, Dallas has a big following. They're a game mm-hmm. ahead, like two games ahead of us. Mm-hmm. They've got fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you lower the ticket prices now, all of a sudden, like they're going to flood into the stadium too. Yeah. But, you know, it, I kind of like, it, it it's a shame whenever it's like, and here's the Washington football team. And it's just like the hog farmers and that's it. Like, right. you know, they can only yell for so loud uh, for so long, too. Um, so I, I hope people do. I hope there are a lot of folks like maybe maybe through uh, calling ticket reps or whatever and, and getting deals, because I, I would love mm-hmm. to see this even completely full. I would love to see that thing get super loud. I'd love to hear, you know, ah, D.C. and fight for old D.C. and yeah. and people to 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 do everything to give our team that home field advantage that we, right. we haven't had in probably since 2012. Right. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the thing about it is is that like this Dallas game is I mean it's the it's the first game of the hashtag NFC East Gauntlet. And I think that if we can win this game against Dallas, because even though we've beaten Tampa Bay and we've beaten uh Carolina, Seattle, and the Raiders, you know, all you know, you know, with so- solid teams. Yeah,
0: you' are not playing the Jets here.
1: Yeah. We're not yeah. you
0: know, yeah. Texans.
1: No. I think the thing is that if we can beat Dallas, then not only does it really build tremendous confidence. I mean, as far as trying to, you know, get through this NFC East Gauntlet, but I also feel like it would change the narrative for the team with national media. Cause I still don't see the national media reacting no. to Washington being on a four game winning streak. Like they're nope. still like, which was still enthralled with Dallas or Aaron Rodgers and whether he's vaccinated or
0: not. Um, um, you know, Gardner Minshew. As, there was a lot of Gardner Minshew talk. Yeah.
1: A lot of Gardner Minshew going on. Yeah, know, what's just, this
0: cool. I mean, Hey,
1: cool story, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, you, know, you go you go lead the Eagles past the the Jets. Like, God yeah. bless you there. It's yeah. not like you're it's not like you are beating somebody that everybody else hadn't already beaten. Yeah. But yeah, cool story. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I feel like that Washington never gets the respect that they're due. And I think I always assumed that part of it was obviously, you know, Redskins. But now that it's not that anymore. Like, come on! You got to start giving these people the respect that they need. Like, we're we're not just going on here and rolling over the lions, which you know, um, a lot of people had done, <laughs> almost everybody had done this year. Um, oh, oh, speaking 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 of which, speaking of which, uh, can we give
1: Bruce Allen a huge shout out for not signing Kirk Cousins to that <laughs> that ro- highway robbery of a deal that he signed? What did it
0: have been, like? If we had gotten. Kurt, well i don't know we, we don't know which one would have showed up if it would have been you <laughs> know kirk or kurt, kurt you know <laughs> yeah. so i mean but if you'd gotten him for like 18 or 19 million i guess maybe at this point maybe this is water over the bridge because he probably would have re- redone his deal three or four times by now um yeah i i think maybe we wouldn't have went through the uh quarterback abyss there with uh what the 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 mark sanchez's and the josh johnson's and alex smith and kind of all that nonsense but uh, um yeah i i think maybe that deal is starting to look a little better even though that uh how it came about was pretty pretty raunchy yeah so let's talk about the NFC East though and the nfc in general like the look the the giants the giants are done as far as i'm concerned they lose to the dolphins the dolphins are playing great and i think that's a team where it'll be interesting to see what they do with two in the offseason if they try to move them if they do try to go after deshaun watson but they just manhandled the Giants, uh, twenty to nine. Uh, Mike Glennon, blast from the past, uh, was in at at quarterback. Actually, I think Glennon was ex- um, drafted in twenty twelve. Maybe, um, maybe I'm thinking about that right. But who cares? Because he stinks. Um, he was in place for Daniel Jones, who had a concussion. Well, now he has a concussion, so. <laughs> On so Mike Lennon's
1: in concussion program? yeah Yeah,
0: they're all concussed. Like the whole team's in concussion. So <laughs> <laughs> and Jones is probably not gonna play. And you know, I think he decided to, he tried to do the whole random Does it matter head. if he plays? <laughs> I yeah, I mean, probably not. Um the Giants went and got Jake Fromm from the uh Buffalo practice squad. Mm-hmm. And uh so Jake Fromm may be making his nfl debut at quarterback because they literally have jake from and another guy off their practice squad that's it so giants are done go you know what they should just go get the party boat now get the Tim's on the boat and just send it (laughs) out do their picture because they are finished um (laughs) I, i i mean they're four and eight right now they play the chargers i think the chargers are just gonna walk all over them yeah especially
1: with to Cincinnati.
0: So absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and they're just the the team's just not built to do anything. Not if you're going to have your poor kid starting his first. Like he's only been with the team now. He'll be with the team for like five days before he's playing his first Mm -hmm. game in a system he doesn't know. Um, So good luck to him. Hope he uh, doesn't get hurt. Um, The Eagles, they defeat the Jets as expected. Gardner Minshew. Was uh, uh, in there quarterback. He, you know, look, neither team played any defense whatsoever at all. It was every team went down and scored uh, up till about halftime when, you know, I think most of America had just kind of given up because who cares? It's the Jets. Um, but if you think our Chris Blewett situation was bad, the Jets had a kicker who had also never played in the NFL and missed two extra points. Just awful. Awful kicks. Um, so at one point I think I, I tweeted out it is Chris it on the team because they were just atrocious. Uh, but the Eagles now they're six and seven and they go on a bye. And when they come when when we play them in two weeks, they're gonna be fresh off a of bye. So we'll see who we if we're up against Gardner Minshew or we're up against whomever there. Uh let's see. Hey, the Cowboys, they played the Saints, and they're gonna be uh, they haven't played in the last 10 days or the, or I guess 10 days that we play them. So, you know, that'll be nice and fair for us. We're coming off a, a West Coast swing <laughs> and and the Cowboys have just been getting healthier and healthier. So it's going to be quite a quite a, uh, a match for Sunday. Um, hey, the Lions got their first win. That's cool. Uh, do you think they're getting any more? No, no. Uh, but thank you to the lions. I think we should find a a So our bartender, our bar manager at uh, where we hold our rallies, uh, he is a lions fan and the whole bar cheered and like gave him a round of applause when, when they won. Um, And he actually thought he was like, Oh yeah, I guess they're all saying that for their fantasy or whatever. I was like, no, we're saying it for you. Like we have watched you have to endure this nonsense Every mm-hmm. week, your team finding a way to lose and not be competitive. So you finally got one. Um, so that was nice to see. But that also, that helped because a lot of teams lost. And there was a lot of them sitting at that seven loss level. Yeah. And so the Vikings are now one. They're at five and seven. The Bucks, of course, uh, they manhandled the Falcons. Even though Tom Brady threw a pick six. I don't know why he was throwing from his own end zone. That just seemed like nobody throws from their own end zone. He did Big six still Falcons are five and seven now. And thank you to girl talk sports because the Seahawks, they beat the 49ers. And as a result, thanks, the 49- yeah, thanks Mel because now the 49ers are six and six, the F- Seahawks are four and eight. They stink. They're not going anywhere, but they are now the seventh seed. Washington moves up to the sixth seed. So we're moving on up. We're basically on the New York apartment in the sky. I mean, we're Jefferson's
1: right in the NFL right now?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think I hope Taylor Heineke walks out on the field on Sunday like George Jefferson, like <laughs> that kind of <laughs> with that swagger. That would be awesome. Especially, right. or if he did that after a touchdown, oh, that'd be the best. Oh yeah. Uh, let's well, see. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I just think that uh, it's just amazing to see how the fortune of the team has changed and everything like that. Do, do you think we're the most locked in team in the NFC right now?
0: I think, you, I mean, look, whatever's happening up in New England, I think they're they've caught fire. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they've built around Mac Jones. he's got confidence. They play a tough a tough schedule. Um, you know right now they're I mean they' they're playing insane conditions um i would say probably probably the cardinals like Mm -hmm. i put us up there with kind of some of the better teams now but Mm -hmm. i I think the difference is is a lot of those teams are kind of they're built to do something like they're built for super bowls like the rams right right? like let's go get all let's get rid of all our draft picks let's get all the players that can come in and, and play for us right now and give us a win right now and our team's not like Ron Rivera has and and the Martys have not done that at all. So (laughs) the fact that we are in the position that we are this late in the season and, uh, you know, kind of playing up to the expectation for a lot of these draft picks, a lot of the, you know, the John Allen, Deron Payne's, and, and those guys. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that they're, I, I think so. I mean, probably, I think we're, we're. I don't want to say we're overachieving because that says that we're, we weren't supposed to be here, and I mm-hmm. think we should have been here. I think right. this was the strategy the whole time. We just didn't like the strategy wasn't Taylor Heineke, right? Yeah. It was defense it's amazing. Your offense is going to be okay. Drop in a quarterback that can that can do what we need to do, and we could take on anybody. And, um, and so now Taylor, it's all coming around him. Um, I wouldn't. This wouldn't be a team I would want to face because they're on the come up. Even if they go and they drop one of these, that's only going to make them even more upset. Because you're going to see them again in two weeks, right? So um, So, so, I definitely think they're doing better than the Panthers that just got rid of their offensive coordinator. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, I think the thing about the 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 NFL, like, there's so much parity in the league right now.
0: Yeah, that's why everybody's at seven losses.
1: Right. (laughs) But but I think the thing that is really key to me is that it's this like when teams get an, an identity, those teams are the most dangerous teams. And and like like when you look at the Patriots, right? It's clear that they have an identity, right? They want to play well disciplined football, you know, mistake mistake-free football. They definitely um are, you know, have the identity of their coach, right. So, so you see that with the Patriots. Um, you see that with the Steelers. You know, Mike Tomlin, they have the identity of their coach. I mean, like, I mean, is it, I mean, the Steelers are on the outside looking in the playoff picture, but, you know, beating Baltimore, you know, in that rivalry, and they're 6-5-1, and one, you know, they still got a shot. Um, yeah. I think, like, I look at Washington, it's clear that this team now has the identity of Coach Rivera. So, yeah. like, I think he has purged any resistance to the Rivera way from that team right now like that that whole team is totally locked in to play Rivera ball and and I think that makes us very dangerous because we still have a chip on our shoulders like he he has a chip on his shoulder as a coach and it comes out in gameplay this team has a chip on the shoulders you know and they need and they need to have a chip on the shoulder because we're not getting any respect so I think right now I think we're going to be so locked in to smack Dallas in the mouth on Sunday. And because if we can, because here's the thing about this game, this is really, really important, right? If we can beat Dallas on Sunday, will will we, we, we'll, okay. That this will be the first time that this team has been above 500. Since Ron Rivera has been coaching this team. Yeah. You, you think about yeah, that. So, yeah. so for us to be, so if we can beat Dallas on Sunday, go seven and six and be above 500 in December, that kinetic energy that the team is building continues to grow, continues to grow, continues to grow. And I think that, You know, getting a quality road win against the Raiders and getting a quality road win against Carolina. You know, this team is learning how to play winning football. They're they're learning how to play complementary football. And they're executing Rivera ball um, very well right now. So, I mean, like you said before, I wouldn't want to play them because this is a a mean, nasty, hard-nosed team. Like they are, and like they have like a 1980s NFC East vibe
0: about them. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, th- this is a, it's a whole new way. Like I remember back to, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, like or the Jay Gruden era, like yeah. the teams could score. They just couldn't stop anybody ever. Right. like it was always like the, <laughs> you know, oh, we got to get rid of the defensive coordinator, or get somebody else because this person could never work out. You know, let's go get Joe Barry or whomever nonsense to go be defensive coordinator and it just like they could never work their magic but on offense you know hey they could go and they could score um and and even that 2012 season I mean once they figured out how to run the offense you know things were you know things moved in a way but this feels very much like you know take out take out the you you know we're missing the Sean Taylor in the middle in the middle field in the backfield mm-hmm. um but take out Sean Taylor and this feels very much like that Joe Gibbs two type era yeah you know where you've got a quarterback that's not gonna get you into too much trouble. you're gonna run the ball and you're gonna like you're just gonna drain the clock long drives um and the the difference was, of course, with Sean Taylor, was that he could he could patrol the field so you weren't throwing over top of him. You know, rarely was anybody getting behind him. And if you were coming across the middle, he was going to punish you. And this team, I think, has kind of adopted some of that. I think when you have a team that's, that's led by your defense and your defense, all they want to do is maul, um, you know, I think it's starting to come through even on offense, you know, where you see Terry take those shots and he gets up and he's fired up to take you know to do it again and to go he'll go over the middle he'll you know he'll uh you know catch on the uh, sideline and and when you have a running back that is punishing guys it 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 really makes for a you're right it's gibbsian it is old school but maybe this is just this is just our identity this is just what we're going to get you know the Cowboys were able to, in, in the in the Raiders were able to go thirty points plus, keep it going. I don't think any team, barring a collapse, I don't think a team is going to get thirty points on Washington. No, uh, I, no I don't. I, mean, I don't think Washington may be scoring thirty points, but I don't see anybody getting thirty points on us uh, I, I, here on out. I, I'd, be
1: curious, I'd be curious to see the. Um, I don't have it in front of me. The, the point totals for the Buccaneers after they play Washington, like how many points did they put up after they played us
0: compared to the 19 they put up when they played us. That's an interesting, interesting comparison. Let's see the real time. Come on. Uh, Let's see. People love podcasts where there's lots of dead air uh, right. but here we go Thank, thankfully ATT internet coming through. look they played us the next week they went out and beat the Giants 30 to 10. they beat the Colts 38 31. they beat the Atlanta Falcons 30 to 17. um the only teams that they did not go uh that they didn't get over 20 points on was us. We held them to the second. We tied for the second lowest point total. Only New England. Uh, New England kept them under 20 points, but they also, the, the Buccaneers beat New England, 19-17. to 17.
1: I, I, I give you another example. Uh, Seattle held Seattle to 15 points last week. They put put up 30 points against the 49ers and won yesterday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean this is I, – I, I I think when we – and this is the trend, the same trend line I've been following too. It's like the anomaly that is Washington because all these teams, all they want to do is go out. They Nobody's running the ball. All they want to do is go out and pass, and they've got great weapons, and we do too. Yeah. But when you're running the ball and you're draining the clock and you're, and you're playing ball control, mm-hmm. which they didn't really do a lot of ball control yesterday. They did enough. But yeah. I think this is that new style. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, cause this is going to be something different that the Dallas hasn't faced before. And, um, uh, and, and, plus look, it's a long week ahead. It's, it's Monday, it's 10 o'clock. Who knows what, who will be active Sunday? We'll get back to you. We'll be back in the feeds, I guess what Friday or so. Yeah. And, um, because look, this, this Dallas team is already kind of, uh, they've already had their COVID outbreak of a few players, they've had you know some injuries come through that um you, you know come across and even though they've been home for for 10 days you just never know in 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 this uh you know in this season uh, and especially because if you had it if you had a big issue problem come for either either team either us or them we're right. going to see him again in 2 weeks <laughs> yeah. so hopefully hopefully not hopefully we can stay healthy we can come out of this with a w um, this is where it starts mattering. If we run the table here, they cannot catch us. Even though no. they're two games ahead of us, we would beat them, and we also have a tiebreaker because we just beat the Raiders. So uh, right. we actually may do better. I haven't run the run it through that far, but I would mm-hmm. seem to think that that would um, work in our favor. So,
1: and just to, and just to get back to the time of possession thing, even though it wasn't as dominant um, as it was with uh, Seattle. I mean we've had we've won time of I think we won a time of possession in every game we've wanted is win streak. Absolutely. So yeah. So we and, know we know how and, to do this now. Yeah. And we were over, I mean we had 33 minutes. So that means we were over half of the game we controlled the ball. Mm-hmm. Over half the game. We had control of the ball. Um and you know, and, and our defense kept them out of the end zone for the most part. So I mean, I think when you look at those things going into this, you know, this this final stretch, I think. Looking at where we're at as a team, you know, the fact that we have to play five consecutive division games with a coach like Coach Rivera that keeps his team locked in week in and week out, you know, it's like, this is something different. Like, I've never seen an NFL team where they play five consecutive division games. And to a way, it is kind of like a level of disrespect. Like, we have such little regard for your team and we don't think you're gonna do anything this season, we're gonna put all your division games at the end of the season. That's how much we that's how much we respect you, as in we don't respect you. So that chip on our shoulder is really a block now, you know. And I think punching Dallas in the mouth and can get that win at home, that's gonna change the narrative around the entire NFL. It just it just will. I don't know what it is about beating Dallas, but when you beat Dallas, it just changes the narrative for your team. I mean, look how it affected the Raiders. Like everyone thought the Raiders were going to stomp a mud hole in us because they beat Dallas in (laughs) Dallas on Thanksgiving day. Right. He took their soul.
0: That's true. That's true. You know, I always, when I talk with folks that are fans of other teams, I always, I always ask them if Washington, like when they look at your schedule, you know, back in April or may, when you finally see your schedule, and you come out, you know, where your opponents are going to be and when you're going to play them. Do you see Washington and go, that's a team like that's our automatic W. Like, if you saw the Jets or the Lions or the Texans on your, on your, um, oh, really, I guess we could say the Giants, even though the Giants had had our number for, for quite a while. Um, you know, you just, you see certain teams, right? And you go like, that should be a W, even though that's completely disrespectful because you know, like, you know, a lot can happen between now and then. And everybody I always talks to you, always says, like, well, that's the W. Like, Washington is our W. That's the team we should beat. And not anymore. Not anymore. I think we're starting to prove that. So we'll see. It's a big week. It's Dallas week. And we want Dallas. Um, so any final thoughts on this game before we get to Dallas uh at the end of this week?
1: Uh I just think it's a um I think it was, I mean, it was a great win. And I think that the team was playing with a lot of confidence and, and I tell you what, it, it was, it was just really good to see Washington fans happy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and having some pride. And, you know, like I said before, you know, you know, being in a Legion stadium yesterday and chanting, we want Dallas and Raiders fans looking at us it, like, what? I mean, you know, they're, they're not accustomed to hearing that, like, that. No. We were, you know, like, like, but they, but, I think it was a great way of NFL fans appreciating that, you know, we still have that passion that, that even though we're not the Redskins anymore and we're Washington football team, we still have that rivalry with Dallas. And it still, ma- it still matters to beat them. Like it still matters that we ha- get a win over them. And now it's not, it's not a meaningless game. It's a meaningful game. And when you're playing meaningful football in December, it's a different brand of football. I mean, it's, it's like it's right. It's like it's just a sliver below playoff football, but this is meaningful football, and this is about for This is, I think, this is more about winning the NFC East than it is um, just making the playoffs right now. Because right now, I just think last week we we're like, oh, we'll just make the playoffs and that'll be good. Now like, no, let's win the division, you know? Yeah. Let's yeah. win the division, you know, like, like, like we, we control our own destiny to get in the playoffs. Now let's go for the division. Like we did last year, go for the division. We, you know, you know, and I think we're all in alignment as a fan base coaching staff, players, front office um, fans. We all, you know, we all want to beat Dallas. And if we want to beat Dallas, we want to win the NFC East. Let's win mm-hmm. the NFC East and it's hashtag NFC East gauntlet. Let's
0: go. <laughs> well, and I think that's, uh, you know, uh to your to your point you know i see this as why they schedule all these games at the very end is because you remember years ago especially when the you know the colts would have their division locked up real early or Mm -hmm. when new england would have their division locked up really early they get to december and you know you'd have like where they would you know take peyton out for a few games and they you know start subbing Mm -hmm. in players and you know the games really didn't matter when you'd hope they would because these teams were so far ahead. Now right. you go put all your division games at the very end, and I mean we're not the only ones that are kind of dealing with this. But you put all your division at the very end, now you have to play in December. Yeah, you, you can't just kind of slide in. So it'll be interesting to see because I, you know, I think I said uh, on the last pod when we talked about kind of how this division would shake out that I said that. I believe the Eagles would be because um, they have the easiest path to to win that that would be the the team. I would kind of think will may win the NFC East and we'll slide into the to wild card. But seeing as like the only wild card ahead of us right now is the Rams and they have eight wins. <laughs> so if they're in our yeah. division like that would have to be a tough one. Uh, And then there's us and then uh, below us is San Francisco. So at any moment, like we could get jumped if uh, a team goes on a hot streak or we get into a slump. So you almost have to win the division because there's, we could end up that team that has a great season, great season for Washington standards and goes out and loses. Um, But I think for, um, for us, it's also about, you know, this team has been a team that fell below 500 a few years ago as far as the, the wins-loss column uh, for all of their all-time wins and losses. And that's embarrassing mm-hmm. uh, for a team that's been around for as long as they have, you know, 90 years, to uh, to to not have enough wins over the last, like, 25, 30 years um, that you can sustain – a win loss column that you're you're below 500 and i think when you start to see if this team goes over 500 stays over 500 finishes over 500 even gets to 10 wins i think like the whole mindset around this franchise is on the field changes completely right and hopefully they figure out then how to get people to show up and go to the games and enjoy themselves but if not hey go go to rally bars and go hang there and be with fellow fans We had a guy that drove from two hours away to come hang with us, which was wild, um, but also like extremely heartwarming that they, this guy wants to be around fellow Washington fans so bad that he is like, he's like, I live two hours away in like Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know. There's a Redskins or Washington football team bar group out there. I guess he could go to Atlanta and hang out with those cool people. Or he's like, I just looked it up. I saw you were here and like, this is my new home now every Sunday. And I'm like, this is cool. So like the fans want that. They want that connection. They want to go to the stadium, Jason, right? And they want to, you know, they want to be there. So, I mean, hopefully this, this continued renewal of the franchise and, and, you know, changing the mindset around and creating some wins, being a force in the division can kind of once again show this a new generation of fans. They're like, yeah, it's actually good to be a fan of the Washington football team. It's not uh, just, you know, we used to be good in the eighties uh, before you were alive. Right. So um, anyway, I, I, I can't wait to uh, preview Dallas with you later in the week. I'm going to see if I can try to get, i been working on getting an interview with uh, somebody who covered uh, Coach Rivera, during his time here in Carolina and uh, I want to get a, a sense of his mindset because I'm really intrigued by the whole David and Goliath thing. So I want to see like, especially the season where they were undefeated uh, or, you know, almost went undefeated. Like, was that something that he used then too? So I'm curious if it, or is it something new? Like what, mm-hmm. where does this come from? Is this in his, is this in his makeup? So hopefully I'll have that for you um, that will slide in behind that podcast on Friday. And, um, otherwise I will talk to you then. And we're going to, we're, I, I don't want to just beat Dallas. I want to humiliate Dallas. That's what I, I want people to, to, when they turn on the TV, I want to go, uh, I can't say it because we'd have to make this explicit. So <laughs> anyway, Maurice, it's been great talk with you tonight. And, um, Likewise. and thank you. Thank you everybody for listening and supporting uh, five-star reviews on Apple podcasts. Also tell your friends also go vote for all these players for the pro bowl. Let's get these guys the credit they deserve. Let's get, let's get John Allen and, and Terry McLaurin and uh, Charles Leno and uh, Eric flowers, guys that have been uh, a curl, Antonio Gibson. Let's get these, it, it, let's get them to the, let's get to the super bowl. But let's get let's get these guys the recognition they deserve so that when other players are also looking where they can look around the league, they realize that Washington is a place that they want to be. They want to be a part of this culture and they want to be supported by this fan base. So off my soapbox. (laughs) Awesome. Till next time. Till next time.